Welcome back to another edition of the Motor City Bengals podcast. I'm Mike Zima, joined by Luke Sloan once again. Today we're going to talk about more trade rumors at the July 31st trade deadline, getting closer and closer each day. We're going to dive into the Nick Castellanos uh, situation, the whole ordeal with him and the not getting an extension. Should the Tigers let him go to free agency or should they trade him by the trade deadline? And then to end the show, we'll talk about if this current, if this 2019 Tigers team can avoid being, you know, on the wrong side of team history and MLB history uh, with the record that they're on pace to set. But first, Luke, we'll start with trade rumors. Um, obviously, Matthew Boyd, the biggest one this whole season, um, you know, with being rumored uh, to be traded. He's the closest thing this team has to an ace, and he's set to start. Uh, tonight, uh, this Thursday night, against the Indians in Cleveland, and he could make Tigers team history tonight. Could he could become the first Tigers starter to ever have double digit, to ever record double digit strikeouts in four consecutive games? Um, so we'll just kind of go into more of where we think Boyd might end up. And I wrote yesterday on MotorCityBengals.com about the possibility of the Padres, and you mentioned it on our last podcast how that could be a decent move for both teams. So, you know, it's really up in the air at this point. But the more I thought about it yesterday, the more I liked maybe the San Diego possibility. It'd be a cool and interesting matchup of teams if they were to trade him to the Padres. But I guess if you just open it up to all teams, what what's a, an over-under on how many scouts are going to be in attendance tonight in Cleveland? Because, oh, man, I, I don't know, probably, like, probably what the Braves, maybe the Yankees. It's maybe pro- the it could Phillies, be six or seven scouts. Yeah. Probably looking at, I'd say maybe four, four or five, six different clubs with scouts there in, in Cleveland tonight. His last start against the Kansas City Royals, you know, maybe some of the more, you know, some of the more prominent teams in the race for him may not have shown up because it was against a Kansas City team that's, of course, towards the lower end of baseball in the standings. But tonight against a formidable Cleveland team, a formidable Cleveland lineup. You know, this is going to be a challenge for him. It's going to be an opportunity to really solidify his trade value if it already hasn't been. I mean, you talk about the potential history he can make tonight. You know, he hasn't really been getting it done from a perspective of, I get, he got seven innings in his last start against Kansas City, but gave up four runs. But the strikeout numbers are just off the charts. Yeah, and you look at um, the the last time he started against Cleveland was back on June 21st. It was in Cleveland. And he gave up five earned runs on seven hits, lasted only six innings, uh, and Cleveland won that game seven to six. So not the most you know incredible outing by any standard uh, standards. His last time uh, that Boyd went against the Indians, but like you said, Cleveland on you know on the cusp of that playoff picture, they're kind of floating in and out of that second wild card spot right now as we speak with like teams like the Oakland Athletics. Um, they're kind of floating back and forth in that, so they're really you know they have tremendous potential to be in the postseason and 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 make some uh, noise there so yes sending teams sending scouts to see how Boyd does on the mound against team like Cleveland a team that maybe you know the Red Sox or whoever the Yankees could even meet later on in the postseason so yeah I think that would be a very interesting um very interesting to see how Boyd does tonight against Cleveland and we talked about the Yankees uh, as well Um, some reports coming out um in the last few days of maybe, you know, the Yankees having the possibility to make a huge blockbuster deal, some sort for Matthew Boyd, including three, I saw over the three of their top prospects could be in the mix. This was all hypothetical, of course, 
Um, you know, it was uh, Anthony Castrovins of MLB.com uh, last weekend posting on five crazy trades that just might work, and it would include the Tigers getting three of New York's top ten prospects, which would be in a deep in a, system as in a, well. In a deep system, that would be an incredible haul. I, I Tigers fans would have to be pleased with that haul. You know, towards this time of year, everyone talks about hypotheticals, which is natural. You know, taking a look at top teams' top prospects list, but you really the the market for Matthew Boyd really might be starting to shape up here, and really the market for starting pitchers too. I mean, you hear about guys like people saying Marcus Stroman of the Toronto Blue Jays is likely to be dealt, Mike Miner, the breakout ace of the Texas Rangers. I think we're starting to accumulate a list of guys that are going to be sold. So I think teams are really going to start stacking them up against each other and maybe Boyd's value will blossom a little more in comparison with some of these other guys. Yeah, and so, but the thing is with the, the New York deal, the hypothetical deal where you get Esteban Florial and guys like Anthony Siegler and Anthony Cabello, they're all position players. They're all bats that would you know help further that initiative that they're you know, the organization's really pushing right now to build the bats in the minor league system because they got great arms in the Tigers farm system right now, but not a whole lot of really outstanding offense besides one or two guys. But you look at those players, and those aren't guys that would be ready to come to the MLB, you know, at the end of this year or even maybe even next year as well. So you're looking maybe two, three years down the road with those guys, whereas you look at San Diego, where you could possibly get a guy like Hunter Renfro or something like that, there's more of a possibility in a San Diego deal to um, get a big league ready outfielder, which we'll talk in a second about the whole Nick Castellanos thing and how that could potentially work out. But San Diego Padres, they got, um, you know, they have Manny Machado. Boyd has a couple years of team control left, and they're not ready to contend for a World Series this year, obviously, but maybe in you know next year, two years down the road, they can. So it's really interesting to see will the Tigers look for something more like that, getting a you know a person of getting a player who already has some big league experience who can plug into the lineup kind of right away, and you know maybe I don't know I don't know how well you can say it would advance the rebuild, but Luke, just looking at it right now. There seems to be kind of some confusion of is that the focus or is just getting more top prospects the focus? Where do you think that focus should lie right now for the Tigers? It's a pretty interesting debate. I mean, you look at examples of rebuilds in the past, some teams playing the extreme long game like a Houston or a Chicago Cubs or someone of that nature. But I'm sure if you were to pull most Tigers fans, and I agree with them in this sense that I would prefer – to acquire guys that are at the double-A, the triple-A, maybe even potentially close to the big league level in a potential Matthew Boyd trade, a potential Shane Green trade. The window of this team is going to open up, I think, sooner than some people think. Casey Mize, Matt Manning, we know all the the bona fide potential superstar starters that are all at double-A. These guys are going to be coming up Probably in the next calendar year, I mean, you got you look at a guy like Mize, he could make the team out of spring training potentially. And, you know, even if these guys don't make the team out of spring, they're all guaranteed to see big league time next season. We're looking at not next season, but the season after that being fully loaded and ready to go with next season starting to take a look and turn the corner at some of these prospects. Most of this team's talent 
is in the upper levels of the minor leagues. I think if you were to trade for pieces, which they will, I would also look towards the upper levels of the minor leagues. So you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, guys aiming for guys double A, triple A, even maybe with a little big league experience or on the cusp of that. The first thing that comes to my mind when you mention something like that is uh, Kyle Tucker, uh, um, the Astros prospect. The Tigers failed to get him in the Justin Verlander trade, and so it kind of makes it seem like it might be a little difficult for them to convince Houston to now give him up for Matthew Boyd, who is admittedly a much, much less, com uh, you know, much, much less of a star than Justin Verlander was at the time of the trade and still is. Um, so. You know, Kyle Tucker, he has, I think he has a few big league games under his belt already, uh, maybe last year in the, at the end of the year in call-ups, and he's playing at AAA level, you know, right now. He's very ready to come into the big league system. If the Tigers made a trade for him, you would probably, you know, be plugged into the major league lineup sometime August, September, uh, probably in that. But really, that looks like it could be the ideal target right now if you look at a guy like, uh, like Kyle Tucker, that kind of fits almost the exact need of what we just talked about, but the you know the fact that they failed to get him in return for Justin Fernlander could make it pretty difficult. It could be a potentially interesting situation with Kyle Tucker and talking about Matthew Boyd. I think the Houston Astros are in a position right now where if they want to contend for a World Series in 2019, this upcoming October and November, they're going to need to add a bona fide starting pitcher and preferably a lefty. Their starting pitching depth has really been tested this year. You know, the injury of Lance McCullers dating back to before this year started. I believe the name was Corbin Martin, another guy that they lost early, or they lost, I believe, to Tommy John for the season. But their depth in the starting rotation is really being tested. And their outfield depth is pretty substantial. I mean, you talk about a guy like Jake Marisnik, you talk about a guy like George Springer, Tony Kemp, Michael Brantley, Josh Reddick. If they really want to say 2019 is our window to win another World Series, I think they can part with kind of a spare outfielder who's a little bit younger. But I guess that depends on if Houston wants to still play the long game a little bit or really contend right now. I think if they really want to contend right now, they could part with a guy like that. Shifting focus from Matthew Boyd trade rumors to another guy who is or maybe isn't on the trading block. Nick Castellanos, Tigers right fielder. He's been the the relationship between him and the Tigers organization has been interesting to look at for not just this year, but in the last couple years. On a one-year deal right now, didn't get an extension in the spring, like maybe he would have hoped. A lot of conflicting reports on you know whether the Tigers were unwilling to uh, sign long-term with him, whether his team, whether his camp had doubts. Obviously, he signed with um, superstar agent Scott Boris, who represents a lot of big names in the MLB. And so, look at him now. He's 27 years old. He's got. He's having a decent year. He's batting two, pretty pretty decent year, especially considering the Tigers' offense the way it is. Batting 283. He's got 32 doubles, which I think makes him one of the tops, if not the top, in the American League right now. Um, only 10 home runs, 35 RBI. So. Decent year, really still staying as one of the key parts of the Tigers' offense. But if you look at it, the, the, the market for position players 
at this trade deadline does not seem to be very big at all. He could be the biggest um, position player commodity in the market this year, but there's not really – everything seems to be focused on pitching. Every team wants pitching, whether it's bullpen or starters. Um, so it may be difficult to find someone really willing to go out there and make a big deal for him, especially considering that he's on that one-year contract, so he'll just be a rental player and you know, with pending free agency. So you look at the situation right now of, yes, the Tigers could very well trade. They could keep him for the rest of the season and let Castellanos walk in free agency and sign somewhere else because there's the very good possibility that if they do that, the Tigers end up with a compensatory draft pick at the end of next year's first round. So you have to look at can Avila get a return that he thinks is better than that potential late first round draft pick next year. So just in your mind, Luke, where do you see this situation at and which direction do you think would be best for the Tigers to go in terms of Castellanos? I think you made a really good point and you summed it up well that in Alavila's head when approaching Castellanos at this trade deadline, it's either going to be what's more valuable to his organization, a first-round pick, the, the compensatory round at the end of the first round, or a potential return. You know, maybe maybe we're still a little early in this trade process. Maybe an injury or two pops up on a contending team and someone will all of a sudden become in need of a guy like Castiano so that could potentially tra- uh, change his value. But really looking at the player, he has no protection in this Tigers lineup right now. He has really no one to drive in in terms of run production this season. It's been a, a trying year for him. I mean, you know, he, people have talked about the move to first base and how he didn't want to move to first base. But really, maybe the situation is similar to like a J.D. Martinez situation where they, when they wanted to trade J.D. Martinez, who's tearing it up with the Boston Red Sox now, and they wanted to trade him to the Diamondbacks, there really wasn't a market for position players that season like you mentioned, there's not one this season also. So in my opinion, I think a compensatory draft pick would be more valuable than the package they got for like a J.D. Martinez. But I don't even know if they're going to get a J.D. Martinez package for Castellanos because Castellanos is of less value than J.D. But I guess we're still in a little bit, in my opinion, I think we're still in a little bit of wait and see mode at this point just because there's always that injury that could happen on a contending team, and that would blow up the market and really, really change his value in the Tigers' favor. Yeah, and you look at you know, where where he could possibly be dealt at this point, and it's really unsure. Maybe the only team I could see really being interested um, in Castellanos is maybe, maybe the Atlanta Braves because obviously – they're a shoe and they're going to make the postseason. It's just a chance of can they really make a run deep in the postseason and adding Castellanos as a bat, putting him in the outfield alongside, you know, Ronald Acuna um, could benefit them well. And maybe he would have some interest in re-signing there when the season is over. You know, you look at the J.D. Martinez situation, um, you know, obviously he helped the Diamondbacks make the playoffs that year and then, left in free agency, you know, a few months later to go sign a big contract with the Boston Red Sox. I saw when I was, you know, looking at the the Padres situation yesterday, um, maybe, you know, there was some mention of maybe a, a, you know, a big package deal, including Boyd and Castellanos to go to San Diego. 
but the Padres aren't in any position to make the postseason this year, and I don't think Castellanos would really have any interest in signing there long term, so I don't think it would make much sense from the Padres' standpoint to try and do a deal like that, so... I kind of agree with you. I think right now the best option is just hold on for that compensatory draft pick and see, you know, see how things go because I think he just has to sign for it's something like fifty million dollars or something like that. He would easily totally, get which that. he would easily get from any other team uh, in this pending free, in the you know, in this pending free agency. So the Tigers just get that late late first round draft pick, and I think that would kind of equal in terms the return they could get um, for Castellanos in a trade. So, you know, we just have to wait and see. But this whole the whole drama going on between the two teams, or between the two parties, the organization and Castellanos, has just been kind of, you know, kind of going on in the background this whole season, and it gets brought up. And, you know, he is mentioning he's having, he's having not the greatest year of his career, but a decent year uh, at that very solid year. And it's just the, you know, the whole... The whole issue of position players not really being, you know, of high value in the market this trade deadline, and that that's what's going to hurt the Tigers because you would, you would think that he would be the guy you could really get a heavy return for, but that's just not going to be the case. Yeah, it's it's another once again another tough spot for the Tigers. You you know, the Tigers fans we can we keep comparing this to the JD Martinez trade that they made. It's not an easy spot to be in when the market is not favoring the hitters. Luckily, they do have two of the top pitchers on the market. But I guess putting a bow on the Castiano stuff, I really think he might not be a guy you're going to hear a ton of rumors on. Maybe towards the end, right up against the trade deadline, maybe some movement on him will happen. But I definitely think the Tigers are in wait-and-see mode with him. Maybe someone surprises them with a package. Maybe they don't see anything they like. Maybe they hold on to him for that draft pick. But I definitely think the Tigers are probably going to play the waiting game on him. And it does help that he just kind of keeps on hitting. He's really heated up as the summer has gone along. That will do nothing but help his value. Yeah, so to kind of close on the Castellanos situation, you said the better idea might be to go with the uh, compensatory draft pick. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the season, that's kind of seems to be our consensus um, with that because yeah, the market's just really not there um, for Castellanos. But luckily, like we said, the Tigers have two of the top arms um, that are you know being highly sought after uh, as the trade deadline approaches. And having that hard July thirty first trade deadline this year in the MLB is going to make things pretty exciting. You know, um, not not a whole lot for uh, us Tigers fans to look forward to this year, but as the days tick down to July 31st. I am admittedly getting a bit excited to see our see our favorite team trade away some of the best guys, but that's that's just what the the situation that the organization is in right now and seeing where we can get the best return and hope for the hope for the future. So moving on to kind of another another sad bit as we mentioned of, you know, of Tigers news um, talking about how bad this team is. This team is on the cusp of making history in, you know, in the wrong way. Last placed in the AL Central right now, twenty nine and sixty two. Right now, it's a Thursday afternoon. They play the fourth game uh, against the Cleveland Indians tonight. Have, are in danger of being uh, victims of a four game sweep. 
So we look at some of the worst records in the modern era of Major League Baseball. This is since 1900. The 2003 Detroit Tigers are sixth on the list. Their record was 43-119. and 119. So 29 wins right now for the Tigers. Need, what, 14 wins to match that? 15 wins to um, be slightly better than that. The only other team from the 21st century on this list, it looks like it's the 2018 Baltimore Orioles from last year, 47 and 115. So Tigers right now, just just embrace the tank. Two and eight in the last 10 games. Um, yeah, embrace the tank right now because we're looking for that 2021st overall pick. That would definitely be another bonus and another shot in the arm for this rebuild. I mean, you know, we could end up looking back on 2019, 2020 and saying, you know, even though they were terrible, this was a key year for the rebuild. If they go out there and grab a guy like Kyle Tucker for Matthew Boyd, I think that would be extremely ideal or any formidable return for him, Green, potentially Castellanos. But if they could come out of this season with a top three pick, maybe the number one overall pick, I think it would definitely be a bonus or a huge bonus for this team when looking back on this season. But thinking about their chances of stacking up against those worst teams, they're going to trade probably their best starter, Nicholas Castellanos, probably their best hitter, and their best reliever and their closer in Shane Green. Their best talent is about to be shipped off. They're going to get younger as the season goes along. Teams are going to start getting hotter that they play, especially teams in the Central like the Indians and Twins who are, have postseason aspirations. I don't think there's any way they get to 60 wins, but I think they do eclipse the 2003 team. I do believe they'll get that many wins. I do believe they have that many wins. We've... Uh... You've mentioned some inciting prospects like uh, Daz Cameron, um, names like that, Kyle Funkhauser, maybe that can come up in the uh, in the latter half of uh, the summer months for the Tigers. You look at the rest of Major League Baseball right now, the only other team uh, with tw- the Tigers are actually have the same amount of wins as the Baltimore Orioles, who uh, seem to be our you know kind of number one uh, number one rival in terms of going for that first overall pick. You look at the National League, the Miami Marlins, 35 wins. That's the other um, worst team in baseball right now. So really it might come down to a two-team race between the Tigers and the Orioles uh, at the end of this year um, for getting that worst record and getting that number one overall pick. Um, and so you look at, you mentioned, you know, you think they'll eclipse that uh, that 2000, uh, 2003 team and um, trading away their best talent. You look at a team like, Orioles, I think the Tigers definitely have more, you know, more trade value, more players with trade higher trade value than Baltimore. So, what you said, once those guys are gone, this Tigers team is, I think, really just gonna tank pretty hard. And so, it'll be both interesting to see in you know August, September, you know, one, how many games can this team lose so that we can get the number one overall pick, and how do some of these guys who get called up. How does their game translate to the big leagues? And so, again, it goes to the question of, you know, when trading, do they go for prospects who have a longer road to the big leagues right now or prospects that can kind of be plugged in sooner rather than later? And that's a, you know, that's the really interesting thing to look at right now. But we'll, we'll kind of leave with this. If you look at this Tigers team and you have to pick one, one – if, if you have to come up with one goal – for this Tigers team, Luke, that you hope they meet in the remaining part of this season, what would it be? See, this is a tougher question than some may think because, you know, I guess 
I come from this, you know, in an optimistic point of view. But I'm excited about a few things with this team. Seeing some of the young prospects, seeing some, how some guys develop like a Turnbull, like a Candelario, and seeing what they could potentially get back in some trades. But I definitely think the most important thing for this team and the most intriguing thing is the value they get back for a Matthew Boyd, for a Shane Green, for a Nick Castellanos. This is a very important time for Alavila. He has a chance to really boost this rebuild with a nice trade deadline. Matthew Boyd is one of the better pieces he's had at his expense to trade. I think Tigers fans easily should have their eyes on the value they get back for their key players. All right, I'm going to look at the offense here. The Tigers are in last place right now in runs scored in the entire MLB. Only one run behind Miami, the Marlins, who are in 29th. So my goal for this team in the remaining part of the season, because we talked about their main trade commodities are pitchers. So when you look at the trade deadline, they're not going to lose you know, really much or anything on the offensive side. So my goal for this team, it's it should hopefully be an easy one for them to match. Hoping, hoping. I'm hoping my goal for them is to not finish in last place in the MLB in run scored. We may finish in last place in the MLB in terms of record, and that's fine. Get that number one overall pick. But at least let's be better than the Marlins and score more runs. Because I think that's easily. You can easily say that's something they need to achieve. Yeah. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe I'll say let's not finish in the bottom three. We're not finishing the bottom three. Maybe, you know, that, that'll be my goal. I'll say let's not finish in the bottom three and run scored. The, the Orioles right now, who have the same lowly amount of wins as the Tigers, are 27th. So they're only the fourth worst. They're not in the bottom three. If we can get out of that bottom three and run scored, bring up the offense a little bit, still might not win games, but just not get shut. Put up two, three runs in a game, still, you know, you're still probably going to lose, but don't get shut out. Don't have those one-hit games like we saw in Cleveland on what was it, the other night on, you know, on Wednesday. So boost that offense up. You're not going to lose a whole lot. You're only going to, you know, you're going to gain a little bit in seeing guys come up from, you know, AAA to test their skills Later on in the year, maybe maybe one or two of them kind of blow up at the plate and then get hot and surprise us. So that'll be my goal. Say, especially don't finish in last. Really hope we can get out of that bottom three and run scored. Um, still, still fine with finishing at the bottom in record overall record, but in terms of run scored, um, let's get that up. Hopefully, also they can get up the home runs because that's also been um, been kind of sad. At least I just looked though, they're not, we're not last in the league. In home runs, the Marlins are worse. So Marlins playing that big ballpark in Miami too. They'll have that going against them. Mm-hmm. So bring up the home run numbers, bring up the overall run numbers, and hopefully just provide some glimpses of excitement for us uh, fans coming into the last part of the season because it's it's been a rough year, Luke. Undoubtedly, one of the roughest years I've had to endure as a Tigers fan. The only thing that would make it better is getting some prospects for Boyd Green getting a number one overall pick and really going back and seeing this as a cornerstone year in the rebuild when we're, you know, hopefully contending for the American League or a World Series in two or three years. Well, actually, probably three or four years, maybe a little too optimistic. But this season, it's a tough one. It's a grind. Mm-hmm. The darkest night is just before the dawn, to quote the great movie The Dark Knight. Um, and hopefully, hopefully the dawn is nearing. Hopefully, like you mentioned, this is the cornerstone year of the rebuild where 
it is the lowest of the lows, but it's leading to the highest of highs. We can only hope. It's all speculation at this point. But right now, Tigers on pace for one of the worst seasons in team and league history, and hopefully on pace for the number one overall pick. This has been another edition of the Motor City Bengals podcast. I'm Mike Zemo for Luke Sloan. We'll see you guys next time.